0: Welcome into Hardcore Penn State Football. This is Corey Listoki. Spring has sprung here at Penn State Football. The Nittany Lions have already over a week into spring ball. We're going to start talking about spring football. Um, some good things, some bad things. What to expect from Manny Diaz. How do they replace Jahan Dotson. Penn State just had their pro day. So we'll talk about the pro day and success with honor. Penn State's new NIL deal. We're going to talk about that as well. And what Penn State has to do to stay with times. And, of course, your trivia question for the day. Penn State, or excuse me, the Outback Bowl announcing that Penn State-Arkansas was the final Outback Bowl game going to be called the Tampa Bay Bowl from now on. What and who played in the very first Outback Bowl in 1986? That's the question. See you guys in just a second. Let's do this thing. Welcome in a hardcore Penn State football. This is Corey Lestoki with me as always, Sean Kane. How are you doing today, Sean?
1: Great, Corey. How are you?
0: I'm doing fast-ic, uh, fantastic, fantastic, fantastic. Um, I'm doing fantastic. You know, Sean, I got to give ourselves a little bit of credit here. This is, I believe, the fourth show and fourth show in a row.
1: Yeah, four straight weeks, four shows. So,
0: uh, maybe that's more of a credit to you than to me. But hey, we we did a month straight, so. That's that's saying a lot more than the consistency of the show as of late. Um, before you made it, so this is the Sean Kane effect, ladies and gentlemen.
1: <laughs> I try, I try.
0: Uh, Sean, a lot of talk about today, actually. I didn't, you know. Sometimes you don't know how much you're gonna have going into a week in the dog days of spring and summer. Uh, not the case this week. We've got a lot to talk about. More of a kind of a spring outlook preview. Uh, maybe we'll hit more of the specific positions next week. Uh, if you've missed them already, we've already kind of covered the running backs, the offensive linemen, the linebackers, and the defensive backs, and so probably get to the defensive linemen and the quarterbacks and or receivers tight ends sooner than later, so make sure to check those out if you haven't, um, but today is more of a kind of an overview. We're going to talk about just kind of what to expect as we get into spring practice and what you could look for in the blue and white game, not not that far away now, Sean, so got to cover that. We're going to cover um, the Pro Day, which wasn't anything crazy. I think that's kind of what we expected to see at the Pro Day nowadays. Um, we'll cover, talk about that briefly. And then success with honor and what the name, image, and likeness kind of subscriber-based company or platform will do moving forward for Penn State and for its athletes. So, a lot to talk about, John.
1: Yeah, there's a lot going on, and like you said, sometimes in uh, March, April, Sometimes there's not a whole lot to talk about, but it seems like a lot went on uh, uh, revolving around Happy Valley this week.
0: And I guess if, I might, if we're going to stick to the Corey's take of the day, I think the biggest thing to take away from this success with honor thing is Penn State's got to do something like this. I mean, there's already been grumblings that Penn State isn't doing enough in the name, image, and likeness department where, I mean, we saw the other day a – Well, it hadn't officially came out as the new Tennessee quarterback commit, but there was a huge Tennessee quarterback commit, um, and there was rumors, grumblings that that guy just picked up an $8 million deal. So I don't know if Penn State's ever going to get to that point, but it's clear that that is the future, and that is just kind of the way it is. And I think the success with honor thing is a, a step in the right direction. So when we get to that later on in the show, I think that's a positive for Penn State. But for some people, they're just not going to like it. But it's 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 kind of the uh, it's kind of the future, one way or the other.
1: Yeah, and you don't have to like it, but that is where uh, we're going with this. Um, I think it's it's about time we uh, Penn State starts making a step forward with NIL uh, because you're going to run into situations where you lose out on recruits because they're getting better uh, financial offers elsewhere.
0: Right, and that potentially. Maybe it already happened with uh, the Murphy twins on campus, uh, and potentially could have swiped them away from UCLA instead. It seemed like they have reaffirmed their commitment to UCLA. So maybe more of that with um, uh, some future recruits. But yeah, I mean that's kind of that's kind of where it's at. And I don't really know, you know, I don't really know what Pensac can do. I mean, it's hard to imagine they can offer more than a place like Miami or a place like USC. But I just don't know, you know, for a guy like Neo Avery who just decommitted, I don't know if he's if he's truly between Miami and USC or or, or places like that. I don't know, and it's, it's an NIL reason, deal breaker. I don't know what Penn State can really offer that a USC or a Miami couldn't. So I'm not sure what Penn State's going to do to stay competitive there.
1: Yeah, and he has Georgia off too. And when you have a place like Georgia, who not only are they, do they have a lot of money around them? They've had a lot of on-field success, and they're going to get a bunch of guys drafted in a few um, next month. uh, It's hard to compete with that, uh, especially when you throw the NIL on top of it. And then, like you said, uh, you have USC who just hired Lincoln Riley, and uh, Miami who just hired Mario Cristobal, and those are two places where there is uh, a ton of money surrounding it. Um, very wealthy fan base with the uh, very wealthy fan bases. Uh, plus the beach is nice.
0: Yeah. The beach is nice. Money. Here comes the money, money, money. Yeah. I mean, that's just, that's just the bottom line. And nobody, nobody puts more money into recruiting than Georgia. So um, that's just, that's just the nature of the beast. Um, I think, when or, you know, whenever Penn State gets around to hiring a new AD, I, I think that the raising of money and finding donors that are willing to contribute to the NIL fund, if you will, is going to be a very important part of their – probably maybe even a more important part than figuring out the whole Beaver Stadium stuff. So I think that's got to be almost, you know, very high on the list. And not just for football, but for basketball, for, for – I mean, just imagine. I just think about this NIL stuff when it first happened. I'm just thinking to myself, you know – the amount of money that a Penn State wrestler or a women's volleyball player could potentially make in a place like State College where maybe not nationally people would care about, you know, a volleyball player or wrestler, but in the State College kind of pocket or in, you know, a, a state like Pennsylvania for wrestling, you could potentially walk out with, you know, six figures at easy money. So. Oh, um, no doubt. It's a big part of whoever this next athletic director is going to be for Penn State. Um, we'll talk more specifically about success with honor a little bit later in the show, but let's dive into the spring pre- preview, Sean. Um, first question, I mean, you brought this up and we were just texting earlier. I think this is something you want to talk about, so let's just talk about it right away. Manny Diaz, new defensive coordinator, had the basically the privilege of being able to be with the program for an extended period of time without really having to coach. Finally now instilling and installing his defense on the on the practice field um what are your thoughts on Manny Diaz what do you think of the transition so far from what you've read and heard and um what do you see moving forward with this defense
1: well I mean there seems to be a lot of excitement about Manny Diaz uh, you see a lot of people talking about how he seems to be blending in quite well and that was you know that's a concern when it, not a concern but it's hard to you know go from sitting in the big chair to then becoming a defensive coordinator because uh, he was uh, the head coach at Miami. So he seems from everything I've read and understood, he seems to be transitioning quite well. Um, and when you have a Manny Diaz defense, uh, there's going to, it's a, he has um, in the past had very aggressive defenses, uh, a lot of turnovers, a uh, lot of tackles for loss. Uh, similar to similar to pry in some ways, except there seems to be more of an emphasis on turnovers. Um, So it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Um, And I do want to point out we've in the past couple of years, they've recruited defensive end quite well. Uh, Deny Dennis Sutton um, is, I think going to be a star at Penn state. You're probably going to see him on the field already next year. Um, I think he's that good. And you combine that with uh, Zariah Fisher, um, Kentali, Abdul Carter. I think all of those guys are going to fit in nicely with this Manny Diaz defense. If not this year, next year. And that's if we could hang on to Manny Diaz, of course.
0: Yeah, I honestly though I don't see him leaving that soon. I mean, I could obviously it's you know in the world of college football it's possible. I don't see him being here for five years like you know Pry had been here for so long for. Uh, for all of Franklin's tenure at Penn State but I'd be it'd be hard to see him leave just after one year especially since it seems like he needs to find a little bit of stability um, maybe for his own coaching credibility but I agree I mean I think the biggest fit and I thought I you know I said this from the very beginning was the it matched an energy and I think matching Franklin's energy is not an easy thing to do when it comes to being on the recruiting trail on the practice field and I think. I think Manny Diaz fits that really well, and and whether Franklin will ever say it or not, and maybe he won't say how important that is. I think that's an important part, and he wants guys that fit that same sort of energy. That you know those core you know values are important, but just as much as how you present them. And I think Manny Diaz is going to present them in the proper way, and 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 I don't think it's that much different than Brent Pry. I mean, I think Brent Pry did a fantastic job, but I think Manny Diaz is going to come in and expect more from the turnover department, like you said, and I think you're going to see a little bit more four five, maybe a little bit less four three, especially with the personnel that we've talked about in previous episodes with the linebackers being as thin as you are. But I think you're going to come in, you're going to see, you know, some more, more stunts along the defensive line, uh, more potential, you know, dime nickel blitzes from the corner spot. I think they're going to be creative. I think they're going to be fun. Maybe too creative sometimes, to be honest with you. But how many times, Sean, did we see, especially when a a team was throwing the ball on us late in the game, it just seemed like Pry was stuck either dropping a bunch in coverage or sending blitz right away, obvious blitz right away, and and we just seemed to get burned and burned. The 2017 Ohio State game is like forever – even, even the 2018 game for that matter, but really the 2018 game was more of just missed tackles. The 2017 game was just being felt like stuck in cover two all day and JT Barrett just, just kind of taking you apart. So, I mean, I, I think we see maybe that gets cleaned up a little bit. Maybe Manny Diaz has a little bit more to offer in that department. I think that's maybe what I'm most excited about.
1: Yeah, I think actually last year's defense, and maybe even the twenty nineteen defense, that's going to be if you want to look for a similar Penn State defense. I think that's what Diaz is going to bring. I, you know, last year I think we got a little more creative than um, than you'd seen in the past, and that's Manny Diaz's mo is just like you said, uh, di- uh, exotic blitz packages. Um, you're going to see. Uh, you're just you're going to see a lot of tackles for loss, and like you said, sometimes you could get too cute, and sometimes you could get away from things that you know you could do well to try to use something that you that you know is possible could work, but then you get burnt on it. Um, so it's it's going to be, and I also what you said about uh, matching Franklin's energy. I think it's fair to say James Franklin has a type of assistant that he likes. They're typically younger. And uh, they have, and they're enthusiastic in every aspect of uh, their entire style is enthusiastic, whether that's coaching their guys daily or on the recruiting trail. Um, And I think Manny Diaz, I I think he's going to be able to uh, match that enthusiasm that is common in so many of Franklin's uh, assistant coaches.
0: I agree. And I mean, one just a little point to that is you can obviously be more creative and fun when you have better athletes on the field. And I think you saw that evolution in prize defense, especially this past season. Like, hey, I got a guys that can do a lot of different things. We can be more creative. Jesse Lucada getting that, you know, intercept pick six uh, early in the season. Those kind of things, you can run those stunts, drop people in coverage when you have the athletes. And uh, we saw that more this year to his credit. Um, Stacy Collins. New special teams coach. You know, what, Collins, I think, is a fantastic hire. To me, this hire for James Franklin was, one, it felt like a Nick Saban kind of hire. You're bringing in a former head coach. He's got a ton of experience. Um, And this is something that we've seen a little bit more of from Franklin, bringing in guys that do have head coaching experience. And that's something that Nick Saban um, did a bunch, obviously not comparing Franklin and Nick Saban um, too much, but it just seems like a smart decision to bring in a guy who has a ton of experience, um, has ran extremely well, special teams operations in a lot of different places uh, last at Boise state. Um, You had to find a guy and, and really Sean, we haven't seen special teams be a huge weapon for Penn State. Obviously, the punting was a weapon the last couple seasons, but we haven't really seen the kick return be something where we're like, wow, Like, you don't want to go grab a beer because you might miss a kickoff and that might be a touchdown. We haven't seen that from Penn State in a long time. Maybe Collins brings that in, but I think honestly what I love about this Collins hire is that it brings more experience and leadership into the building.
1: Yeah, I was very happy with the hire, Stacy Collins. Um, I agree, and look, I think it's, I think James Franklin has more money now to shell out to assistant coaches, and that's been a big point of contention between him and the board of trustees, is being able to pay assistants not only to get them but also to keep them. Um, so now that he has that, you're going to see guys like Stacy Collins, um, and. I know it was disappointing last year being able to go out and get Mike Yersich who has had a lot of success um, everywhere he's been. So, um, you know, and I totally agree with your point about him being a former head coach. It's, it's um, it could be, it could be valuable. Um, And I would also like to see, you know, maybe we get away from the analytics a little bit and, let some of these athletes that we've recruited go and try to return some kicks.
0: Don't get me started on that. I've always been a huge take the, you know, if you give me a 5% chance of them scoring, I'll take that over five yards of field position. Um, I don't know what the analytics say, but I'm assuming starting at your 25 or your 20 isn't that big of a deal. I know starting at your 15 instead of your 25 is a big deal. But roll those dice sometimes, at least a little bit. Um, Give them a chance. We keep talking about all these great guys that could return kicks. I mean, everyone's talking about Caden Saunders this year. Is he actually going to get a chance? We thought maybe Lamont Wade back in the day was going to be fierce with the kick return game. All these people kept, you know, were going to be, even Devin Ford was going to be this awesome kick returner, and we just haven't seen that. Uh, Dotson in the punt return game, and, and the punt returning had been a little bit better. Even John Reed had some, you know, moments Um, And Dotson, obviously, I think people would at least consider him a a, a respectable threat in the punt return game. Um, But, man, the kick returning game just hasn't been there. And I don't even know how good the kickoff coverage is. We just haven't been able to see them because Jordan Stout never gave anybody a chance. So, I mean, if you go back, you know, there was a while there where the kickoff coverage wasn't fantastic. Um, So I'm curious to see how that goes. I think the special teams is going to be – Honestly, better this year. I think the kicking, uh, actual place kicking department has to be better. Um, I think the punting obviously maybe takes a little bit of a step back, but I think I'm I'm really happy with the Stacey Collins hire, um, and I, I think Franklin got that one right. Um, let's talk offense, Sean, and let's talk about um, replacing uh, one of the best receivers in Penn State history, and Jahan Dotson. He's gone. Um, you still have Parker Washington, um, but then you know after that, you you got to try to find. You know, maybe who else is going to step up? Maybe Keandre Lambert-Smith, uh, Malik Mega's in there. Uh, you get Mitchell Tinsley in the transfer portal from Western Kentucky. But who is going to step up and fill that role? Is Parker Washington going to stay on the inside? Um, because whether it's Sean Clifford or whoever else at quarterback, um, someone's got to make plays on the outside.
1: Yeah, I'm really excited about Tinsley. Um, I happened to watch the Western Kentucky and, Either Michigan State or Indiana. I know they played both of them. I was watching it with my dad, and that guy was jumping off the screen. And it seemed like he was catching everything. And he was so he was so explosive for them. Um. So I think he's going to be an immediate impact guy. Um. Then you have, uh, like you said, Keandre Lambert Smith, who, you know, flashes sometimes, but struggles with consistency. Um. And Malik Mega, who. You know, got in a little bit last year, made some plays. Had that big touchdown in the Rutgers game. And we'll have to see what happens with him. And then there's a bunch of young guys who haven't proven anything yet. Uh, Liam Clifford, Caden Saunders. Um, it would it would be interesting to see Liam Clifford get on the field and play with his brother. We need um, some, you know, you don't replace a guy like Jahan Dotson. But you got to be able to try to match that productivity. Um, and, make up for and make up for that productivity loss somewhere. Yeah,
0: I was just watching Moneyball the other day, and he's, they're like, how do you replace Jason Giambi? You make him up in the aggregate, and that's kind of what they're going to have to do. And honestly, I think it would be healthier for the offense, especially obviously in the passing game, if they find a way to be more balanced with that attack. Parker Washington, I'd love to see him stay on the inside. I think he's an assassin on the inside, and he can take advantage of some safeties or linebackers you know, falling into him. On some blown blown uh, assignments, I really think if one of Mitch Tinsley or Kendra Lambert Smith can step up, I think, or or, or and I, should, I guess I'll throw Mega into that as well. If if two of the three of those guys can step up and, and take on a larger role, I think Penn State's looking good um, in the passing department. I think those two of those three guys step up and be what they're supposed to be. I think the sky's the limit for for this offense, uh, as far as you know throwing the football around because they have the talent. They have a lot of them have the height and size too. It's just it's just time to put it all together. Um, but when I'm looking at this offense, I'm not really concerned about them doing that. I think we're gonna be okay. You know, you go back a couple of years and you're just like you know nobody was ever getting open, and I think people are getting open now, and I think they're gonna continue to get open for Penn State moving forward.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think the receiver spot is in a good position. Um, Even, you know, even replacing a guy like Dotson, I think they're going to be able to reload. Um, I remember going into the 2020 season, which of course was a disappointment. Um, One of the big things was who's going to replace KJ Hamler. And very quickly, it was apparent that Jahan Dotson was going to be able to not only replace him, but, um, you know, be better than KJ. Um, so sometimes, so these things have a way of working themselves out in time.
0: Yeah, I, I think that's a good point, Sean. And, um, when you turn your you know, attention to the running game, I think we talked quite a bit a lot, you know, about this in previous episodes, but obviously something has to change and going into the fall and then, I'm sorry, I mean, into the spring, that was a conversation, not really the receivers who is going to step up in the running game. Who in the offensive line is going to step up, especially internally, to start moving people around a little bit? Who's going to protect Sean Clifford? Those are the questions I'm more interested in. And I guess we can start with the running back and the running committee. Who the heck is going to step up, Sean?
1: Nick Singleton eventually. Um, I also I also think Keevon uh, could potentially have a bit could potentially have a pretty big year for us. Um, and like last year, and I always say this when um, a team has a lot of sacks. I always say it's about 50-50 on who the sacks are on. Are they on the offensive line or are they on the quarterback? The offensive line always takes the heat. Um, but I always think it's 50-50. I think it's similar, you know, I think a similar dynamic happens when a team struggles to run the ball. Um last year, everybody got on the offensive line, including myself, for not being able to establish a run game. But some of that falls on the running backs and I don't think any of them were good enough last year so they have to be better and I the optimist in me and I think even the realist in me says they will be uh they couldn't get much worse running the ball last year they didn't have one guy who ran for over 100 yards in a game last year um that's kind of hard to do and they're talented guys These are all four- and five-star guys. Jay Wan Sider has done an awesome job of recruiting this position. So I do think you're going to be able to— I think you're going to see Nick Singleton eventually take that starting running back job. I don't think it'll be against Purdue, but I think somewhere in the middle of the year, similar to Saquon in 2015, he's going to be a tough guy to keep off the field.
0: I'm curious how short the leash is because you know they're not going to try to give it to Singleton right away. And I guess my idea or thought is, no, everybody had a year last year to figure it out and to be the guy, um, except for Holmes, and because I Holmes might have more of a chance than anybody. But if you see the same stuff from Kevon Lee and you see the same stuff from Devin Ford, like how many reps do you give them before you're like? okay singleton you get more of a shot because we haven't seen you enough we know what these guys have they had a whole season to figure out and they haven't so that's kind of what i'm most curious with i because you're right i mean if singleton comes in and he looks fantastic how many games do you have to waste before you're like you know what we've already seen this story before um and, and we're just going to kind of cut loose from it
1: well you know i don't think you could afford too many games i think you have because of the way the schedule sets up um you know, starting with Purdue, and then two weeks later you're playing Auburn. There's a decent chance you could be one and two if you're not careful. Uh, I don't think they will be, but there's a chance that it could happen. So you have to be able to figure figure that out uh, pretty early on in the season. Um, now, like with Kevon Lee, I all, when I first saw him, I thought he ran a lot like Tony Hunt. And uh, his freshman year, Uh, he had a big game against Michigan. And I really thought, wow, this guy's Tony Hunt 2.0. And then last year, he starts dancing before hitting the hole and he's fumbling all the time. So I know he has it in him to be a lot better than what we saw last year but it's just being able to bring that out again from what we saw in 2020 and build off of that. Because last year, I just don't feel like he built off of his freshman year success.
0: Yeah, and it's potential that he just had a you know a little bit of a slump and he comes back strong. I think he will be given the most of an opportunity early on, and that's just going to be up to him um, to kind of do that. I am curious how much, you know, what it's like going into the spring, like how much all of them are getting reps right now. You think you'd want to kind of see more of Singleton, you know, Singleton. Um, and Katron Allen and, and kind of wait until the fall to have your true competition with everyone healthy. Uh, I just, I just don't know what that's going to look like if it's any better come August, come September offensive line wise. We, we beat this horse dead, um, a couple episodes ago. Um, nothing's really changed there. I, I think there's signs of optimism, Sean. I just think it's so much to this point of, we just have to wait and see what are your thoughts?
1: Yeah, pretty much that. Um, There's a lot of anticipation for what's going to be coming up. Um, I don't feel like among the fan base, there's unfortunately all that much hope because we've kind of been beaten down with the offensive line in the past uh, eight or nine years. And we're just all in a just show it to me already mode. Just show me a competent offensive line already. Uh, You know, it's important to note uh, going into spring ball that Hunter Norzad will not be on campus. Uh, He's not going to be there until the summer. Um, So but I did hear that Saleem Warmly is uh, going through um, practices. Um, I think at a very limited, I think very limited. uh, But James Franklin did list him as a starter going into spring. Uh, notably, he did not uh, list Bryce Effner on that um, on the starters or the or those uh, c- uh, th- those immediate backups.
0: Yeah, I think Warmly is a guy kind of makes you wonder what if he was healthy last season, what he would have been able to do. Uh, Norzad coming in is going to be the huge kind of piece for this offense, maybe the kind of the puzzle or the piece of the puzzle that they were missing. So we will just have to wait and see there, Sean. Let's let's briefly talk quarterback. We also talked quarterback a bunch. Um, we all expect Sean Clifford to be the starter. Um, you got two guys in Drew and Bo behind them that are seeing reps for the first time. You know what is your actual realistic goal for the back, the, the three backups uh, heading into the spring and, and through the summer?
1: Uh, the three backups, uh, probably. You know, for for, for Prabula and, uh, and Aller, it's probably to just get acclimated. Uh, being getting to the point that the coaching staff could trust them to run the offense if need be, uh, learning the playbook and uh, just getting used to college life. Uh, with Veyu, I think you want to see a little more maturity. Um, uh, not that he's immature, but just have that have a better grasp on the playbook. Um, again, I think he should be given every chance to compete for that backup job and compete for the starting job, frankly. Um, so just build on his success that he had against Rutgers last year. So I would like to just, I would like to see that personally.
0: I wouldn't be surprised if Ayu was the backup going into that Purdue game, um, just the way he played. And obviously Oller hadn't had that much experience. And so, I, I mean, I'm assuming they'll let Oller travel to that first game. Uh, just so he can be, you know, see, you know, a Big Ten game on the road. But I would not be surprised, not saying all oh, is not good or anything. But Veiu started, played a decent amount of football last year, kind of earned that right to be the backup, at least heading into the summer. So curious to see where that all kind of falls um, come this spring and, and probably into the fall, into the summer and fall as well. Um, let's bounce to the deep. Yeah, let's bounce to the defense and. The defensive line is a a conversation I think everyone's like a wait-and-see, right? Because if everyone is healthy, I think you have a very, very good defensive line. But that's the big question for this defensive line.
1: Yeah, health is obviously the big thing. Um, John Scott Jr. did earn my trust last year. I think as Penn State fans, we were so used to having great defensive line coaches. We had Larry Johnson uh, for... Years and years through Joe Paterno and Bill O'Brien. Then we had Sean Spencer, Coach Chaos, who everybody loved. And then we had this guy, John Scott Jr. come from uh, South Carolina. And he's, he earned a stripe last year. He had Hakeem Beeman suspended the whole year. a D size a curt the whole year. And then he loses his captain, P.J. Mustafer for half the year. And I still thought the defensive line played really, really well last year. Take the Illinois game out of it. Um, and the big thing I agree with you will be health, uh, and rust, uh, Hakeem Beeman was healthy last year, but it's been a whole, it'll be two years since he's played, uh, big 10 football. And then he's going to be right in there against Purdue. Um, how's a D size it going to come back after injury? Um, and it's the same, same thing with him, except, uh, with Rust, except he's coming back from the injury as well. And is PJ Mustafer gonna be PJ Mustafer? Um there's a lot of young guys who still have to prove who still have to earn their stripes. Um they have to replace a guy who I thought was who I thought gave us a lot of productivity last year and kind of gets forgotten about Derek Tangelo. Um we need Keziah Izzer to be able to build on what he did last year. Um and yeah, that's that's sort of the state of the defensive line room. Uh, and then I wonder if a guy like uh Denai Dennis Sutton could push your time for playing time next year or this this coming year.
0: Right. I I think as far as groups to be really optimistic about that maybe you don't know exactly but feel really good about defensive lines at the top of the list. I mean you can say you don't know but you think they'd be better for the offensive line, but you don't feel as optimistic about it as compared to the defensive line. I, I really agree with the, the JSJ point. I think he has done fantastic. And that's kind of hitting gold. I mean, you hit two solid defensive line coaches in a row. Credit again to James Franklin there because that is such a – I mean, defensive line, you could argue, is the most important part of – um of a, of a team. I mean, this the way football is played nowadays, you have to be able to stop the run and also be able to get out, you know, get get to the passer with just a four-man rush. And when you can do that, everything else kind of falls into place. So, uh JSJ has done a fantastic job and I agree. I think this this defensive line can honestly make or break the season. If they're not good, you could see two more losses on a schedule. If they are good, you could see two less losses on a schedule. So defensive line, very strong. We talked a bunch about the linebackers and DBs, um, but is there one person, Sean, that you you know, looking at these linebackers and DBs that you're really looking forward to seeing?
1: Yeah, um, I think Joey Porter Jr. sticks out to me. Um, this guy has, in my opinion, the potential to be a first-round draft pick. I think he is that talented. I think he's that gifted. Um, it's just about playing smarter, uh, being more technically sound, and if he could do that, I think this guy's the limit for this guy. Like he he is as talented as any cornerback I've ever seen at Penn State. Um, and then Curtis Jacobs, he he's carrying that mantle of linebacker. You, he's got to take more of a leadership role this year, and we'll see if he's able to handle it and then obviously who comes up who's going to be playing alongside him I think that's the biggest question mark maybe on the team right now
0: right and I'm a right yeah no I mean that's those are good names I think I, I think the one name I'm excited for is Kobe King I think a lot rides on him this year if he if he's ready to go and this is a big spring for him if he has a, a fantastic spring and he can start in that middle linebacker spot, I think the you know the the limits are the uh, were limitless on the defensive side of things. But if he's not ready to go, I think things get a little bit more sketchy. Just you need to find a guy. You need to find the Ellis Brooks replacement. Ellis Brooks, as good as Curtis Jacobs was, Ellis Brooks's nose was in every single play. I'm convinced of it. Um, and you need to find a guy like that really soon. Um, you, you talked about Tangelo and not enough people talking about him. You're right. Not enough people talking about Brooks, too. I mean, Brooks made a bunch of plays. He was just – he read – he was one of our best linebackers at reading and diagnosing the play, and I, I think it's not going to be – you know, that's asking a lot for King to beat to that level. Um, but if he can get close, if he can be relatively, you know, like Ellis Brooks, I think the defense is in a lot better of a situation, especially because we've talked about how thin they are at the linebacker position – We've beaten, you know, we've talked a bunch about Jalen Reed as well and what he could do. I want to give a little shout out to Keaton Ellis, too, because I think Keaton Ellis has just as much of an opportunity to make an impact, the same way, you know, we saw uh, Jair make last year. I think Keaton Ellis is a guy who made that transition from corner to safety. I think he's got his feet under him now and has an opportunity to, to really make an impact. The opportunity's there, right? And so. Keaton Ellis, another guy I, I think people have forgotten a little bit about, um, but for a while was was playing a bunch of football at corner, so um, excited to see what he can do at the safety position as well.
1: Yeah, he was a great uh, high school wide receiver, too, so you know he has uh, good ball skills, um, and now he's he's going to be uh, well into the safety position. Um, another guy, uh, Kobe King's twin brother, Kalen, uh, I'm excited to see what he could do. I think there's an there's a chance, and I think Castro Fields had a pretty good year last year. I think there's a chance Calen King could exceed what Castro Fields did for Penn State. So this corner, this uh, corner spot, could again be a real strength for us, um, especially with guys like uh, Johnny Dixon right behind him, and right. uh, and DaQuan Hardy uh, play, uh, playing that nickel role.
0: Yeah, I, I, we talked corners last week, and I am very, very happy about where they are at in the corner department. I mean, they're at the point where even somebody could go down with injury suspension, and they would be okay. So that's that's always a good spot to be in. Um, Sean, any final thoughts? I mean, spring practice is on and going. I think there's some new guys we could talk about. I, I think Caden Saunders is a guy that everyone should pay attention to um, because he might get a chance to affect things in the return game. Has a bunch of speed. Um, and offensively could make a difference. I know Abdul Carter is a guy you really like on the linebacker side of things that could potentially play some football, especially if, if King um, and, and a couple others don't materialize um, anyone else you want to talk about that or, or is now officially on campus or is going to be shortly.
1: Yeah. Uh, Zane Durant. Uh, this was a recruit that I really liked coming out um, because he's from Miami uh, and he, even when he was being recruited, the there's a big uh, Kevin Givens comp. And for you Penn State fans who remember Kevin Givens, you probably really liked Kevin Givens. Uh, he, you know, not the tallest guy in the world, and neither is uh, Zane Durant, but they're strong as ox. They are, he's as strong as an ox, and he's very fast. He can move well. And from what I've read, he's already turning some heads Um he was turning heads in in winter workouts. So that's a guy that wouldn't shock me to see him get on the field early, even at that defensive tackle spot where there's not a whole lot of guys that get on the field early.
0: Yeah. Zane Durant. That's, that's a good one. I, I like Zane Durant a lot. Um, I think it's interesting because that's another position where there is depth there, but if you're good enough and it seems like he might be good enough and that's tough at that position, you'll play. Um, and it's never hurts to have more fresh bodies that can go in and give you good snaps. So even if he can give, you know, Mustafa 10 less snaps at game, like that makes a big difference in the course of a long season, especially for a guy coming out of injury. So um, I, I think that's big time. I think that's a, I think that's a solid one pro day. Let's talk pro day next, Sean. Um, what you would kind of expect as far as the pro day, Jahan Dotson, you know making things happen 32 of 32 teams were represented at the pro day so everybody and their mother was there to see um everybody and their mother i thought it was interesting that you saw dan quinn um cowboys coach over there with ak and i was it tangela over there um but he look at he was over there with ak and uh ak uh i uh ebby katie so maybe Micah Parsons has a future teammate. I mean, could you imagine AK on one side and Micah Parsons on the other, or even Lucetta for that matter, but the speed rush of AK and Micah Parsons for the Cowboys, that that sounds lethal.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I mean Jerry Jones, he loves his stars. And he's I think he's gonna take Micah's input into account and Michael loves Penn State. He loves his Penn State guys. So I know he's gonna be talking in Dan Quinn, Mike McCarthy, and Jerry Jones' ear to uh you know, take a look at these Penn State guys.
0: How couldn't you, right? I mean, especially with what the productivity of the Penn State players. I mean, you can look around the league right now. And by the way, Allen Robinson, Chris Godwin, uh, and Mike Gusecki all getting paid uh, this off season. So nice to see that. But, I mean, lots of money for some top-end dudes that are making plays. I mean, Allen Robinson has been a cornerstone in the league now. Uh, you see Chris Godwin basically getting a monster deal, Gasecki getting another deal. So you're seeing guys um, not too long ago that were in Penn State uniforms not just getting into the NFL, but getting that coveted second contract. And I think that shows, hey, these Penn State guys are here and they're staying. And, and that's pretty important, too. And and we've seen that. And, and they've shown out. I mean, look what Odafe Owe did this past season. Obviously what Parsons did. I mean, the defensive guys especially have really turned it on. Um, you still have Amos and the league at safety. Um, maybe one day we'll see Marcus Allen do something for the Steelers. Um, but no, there, there's a lot of guys that are making plays. Uh, a with the Lions has done fantastic. Um, just, just really impressive to see so many, uh, and not just at one position too, not just the linebacker position or the defensive line position. Um, but a lot of different positions making big plays. And I think that is starting to be, at least at the very least, I think people nfl-wise expect penn state players to put up good numbers in the combine and pro day that i think that's the bare minimum now
1: definitely i think dwight galt did a did a fantastic job since he's since he was there um and the strength and conditioning uh program uh post paterno really has been has really gotten these guys ready ready to go um, and it's it's great to see them having so much success in the NFL because we watch these guys come in when they're when they're eighteen. and we watch them grow from the time from the time they're freshmen until they graduate and then beyond. and it's it's awesome to see. them. happy for every one of them
0: right. And I think you know we can talk about the highlight of the pro day and what kind of gathered all of the news headlines. And I was drew Hart Lubb running his four, two, two, forty. Um, Would have been the fastest at the NFL Combine. Um, would have tied for the fastest in NFL Combine history. Um, doesn't do much. Didn't do much for Penn State besides uh, defend punts. But this NFL world, they love their analytics. They love their stats. And if they know they can get a guy that can play great special teams, they're not afraid to take a risk on somebody. I, is he going to get drafted? Probably not. But is he... Potentially, just earn himself a chance to go try out as an undrafted free agent. I think someone like Drew Hartlob just got himself an opportunity somewhere.
1: I think so too. Yeah, gunners are very, very valuable when you're running after guys like Tyreek Hill. Um, there's only a few guys that 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 are able to do that. So you know, the the thing with Hartlob is, where do you put him on a roster besides being being a gunner? Um, I think he's he. I think he, um, he's listed as a safety. Uh, I could probably count on one hand how many times I saw him get in on defense, and it was never for any significant time. It was always in mop-up duty. Um, but he was a gunner for a couple years now, and it's because of that speed. And he showed he's not afraid to hit people either. So it, um, I would like to see him maybe get on a roster somewhere. Uh, look at Dan Jacinto. Uh, he's with the Vikings now, and he he's made a home for himself up there.
0: Yeah, Chisana with the Vikings, and, and Troy Apke ran that great time at the Combine, and he's with the Washington Commanders. Um, so, yeah, I mean, heck, why not? And that's just a weird, you know, it's, it's a little niche. But, hey, it's one that is important to the NFL, and the NFL is quirky, guys. The NFL will care so much about some things and care so little about another, And you just never know. All it needs is one person to fall in love with you. And I don't know how it really works with the undrafted free agents, but I'm assuming they're pretty liberal with who they would at least bring in for an invitation to try out. I mean, I I assume it's not that much um, to say, hey, why don't you just come out and see what we can do? I don't don't think that costs them that much. It's, It's pretty low risk for a high reward if if he turns out for somebody. So I think he'll get the opportunity, which is pretty cool. And that's kind of what the Pro Day is all about because anybody who is something is already going to go to the Combine and maybe they'll run something or maybe they'll do a little bit more. Maybe they'll throw. It was kind of cool to see Dotson catch passes from Sean Clifford perhaps for the last time, although there's a conspiracy that they both end up at the Packers eventually, but that's (laughs) besides the point. Um, It's still cool to see all those things, but really what I love about the Pro Day is it gives – uh, guys, opportunities that you don't get to talk about very much. And you're like, wow, like, or just little things like, wow, that guy was pretty athletic and he never played that much, but like, that's cool to see that guy be that athletic because we knew he was there, but now we have the numbers to support it.
1: Yeah. And it was odd to me that, uh, Ellis Brooks didn't get a combine invite and, um, I saw he had a pretty, he had a pretty decent com, or pretty decent pro day. um, and I don't believe Derek Tangelo got a combine invite. And those are guys that played, you know, quite a bit for us uh, the past, uh, Tangelo this past year and Ellis Brooks uh, the past couple of years. Uh, you know, the problem with Brooks was, is he athletic enough to work on the next level? And that remains to be seen.
0: Yeah. Also gave uh, Stout an opportunity to, to do some things as well. And, uh, and, and some other guys behind there as well to, uh, perhaps do something, um, but at the very least, you know, work out and give yourself a chance one more time. So um, I don't have – I mean, you can talk a lot about the ins and outs. I think it was a big day perhaps for Brandon Smith. Um, I don't think he ran maybe as fast as I would have hoped for him. 4-5-2 uh, wasn't bad for a linebacker by any stretch of the imagination because that's, like, faster than a lot of receivers. But honestly, I thought Brandon Smith might run sub-4-5. So, um because of all the things he doesn't necessarily do well on film, I kind of would have liked to see that number sub four or five. Um, but Hey, someone's going to fall in love with the athleticism of Brandon Smith and someone's going to take him probably a lot earlier than maybe the highlight film would suggest.
1: Yeah, I think so too. Uh, the guy is a, is a terrific athlete. I I've seen it. I know he could run well laterally. I know he could run. I, I know he's fast. Um, The problem with him is just, putting it all together and becoming a bet a better fundamentally sound linebacker uh because the thing with him it, you know when you look at his tape it's underwhelming and um i i agree with you i don't think he did himself that many favors uh at the at the pro day but i just know that that athleticism is definitely there
0: all right we also so brisker um do a couple more things. He increases vert by four inches. So for those that, I don't know how much that really matters to some people, but I think his vert was already relatively high up there. So I don't know, hit 38 and a half, I think is what his new vert is, which is just insane. Um, I don't know if that puts him, probably would put him top five among safety. So a couple of things here and there, who knows, you know, I'm assuming somebody who's already in love with Brisker, isn't going to be necessarily more in love with Brisker where it's going to move him that much, but who knows? Again, it's just, at this point, dude, it's just weird NFL typical BS. I mean, it's just some dude's gonna like you, some dude might think you suck because of a twitch. Some you know, just that's just how it is. And like I said, you just need one person to fall in love with you. So, um, the draft will be in what about a month or so? So, we will see where all the uh Nittany lines fall not too long from now. I always love seeing which, you know, Penn State football players are reunited as well. Like who gets to, you know, have a new teammate um, and and who, you know, used to play, you know, alongside one another gets, you know, gets an opportunity again. So, or who's going to be in the same division playing against each other. I think, you know, Saquon and Micah Parsons, for example, is is a pretty fun one.
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. That's always, um, it's always cool to see, Um, you know, as a Dolphins fan, I always want, I always want them to draft Penn State guys. Um, it's kind of insane <laughs> because if there's a Penn State guy on the board, I'm like, oh, we got to draft this guy, obviously. I justify it in my head to always draft Penn State guys to pair up with Mike Vesicchi.
0: Do you want the Dolphins to take Christian Hackenberg back in the day?
1: <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I was never that sold on Hackenberg personally. Okay, so well, we were... could relitigate that, but yeah.
0: <laughs> you weren't – so you were like – I I think the, what he got taken – in the second round 20th ish 20th pick in the second round ish
1: yeah i mean i just i wasn't a big hack guy personally
0: well after the 2015 season not many people really were um gruden gruden was so
1: yeah for, yeah for,
0: for what that's, that's worth. where he is yeah so <laughs> <laughs> um hey i took hackenberg in my fantasy football first overall that first just for the shits and giggles of it for what it's worth so um didn't play a single snap for that year um Anyway, now let's talk success with honor, Sean. Um, for those that don't know, success with honor, subscriber-based, for lack of a better term, it's a GoFundMe for Penn State uh, name, image, and likeness. It's not run via the university. It would be illegal for the university to do this, so it's a third-party Um but it's legit. It's not, you know, me, it's not me setting this up and trying to get people to subscribe so I can give money to the athletes. Um, it looks like it's going to be kind of like a, you can subscribe and put money towards a certain sport or ter- towards specific athletes. Um, and it's really a way f- to help the athletes make money. And there's an advisory board with a lot of awesome Penn State legends, um, but football specific, LeVar Arrington's on there, Todd Blackledge is on there. Uh, Michael Robinson's on there. Lisa Salters is on there, and then I'm just going to throw out there David Taylor's also on there. But there's 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 a lot of freaking fantastic uh, individuals um, from a lot of different sports too. There's soccer. There's um, I want to say there is women's is it field hockey? So uh, just so there's a uh, there's a lot of Kelsey uh, Kelsey Amy. Uh, is on there as well. So there's a lot of different people. I don't know how I remember that randomly, but yeah, you're right, um, Kelsey Amy. <laughs> but so there, there's a lot of there's a lot of star power behind this thing, and you can go look it up and kind of see what they're trying to do. And I think it's and a cool idea, but it's obviously the future. And the plan I think is to, to make money and to to keep Penn State competitive. And I think it's cool because, look, not all of us are millionaires. So we can't offer the Tennessee quarterback $8 million and get him to come to our school. But it does let Joe Schmoe in his basement, who says, damn it, Sandy Barber or whoever heck the athletic director is going to be now, why aren't you giving more money to these players? Why aren't you giving Franklin more money? Well, now Joe Schmoe, cough up 5 bucks a month, cough up 10 bucks a month, Cough up 50 bucks a month if you want to help out. Now you have your opportunity. Let's see you put your money where your mouth is. I think that's pretty cool. Um, Is that going to happen? I don't know. Probably not.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think it's a great idea, too. Uh, This is uh, crowdfunding is pretty powerful. Um, You see it in political campaigns. And now you're starting to see it now. Um, And it it makes people feel like they're more uh, bought in with what's going on. Um, because I think, what did it say, uh, between 85 and 90% of the proceeds go directly to the athletes. Of course, there's always overhead and everything. So a hundred percent won't, but for just 10 bucks a month, you could, you could, um, help you could really, really help out, uh, whatever, uh, sports program, Penn state you want. Um, and again, like you said, not to do a commercial for this, but I do think it's a great way for um, for alums or fans to really be connected with what's uh, with the future of college sports and helping out their university.
0: It's basically a Patreon,
1: right? Yep.
0: I mean, that's what it is. And for those that don't know what a Patreon is, it's literally you, you put in this amount of money a month, you get these rewards, the more money you put in, the more rewards you get. So like, for example, the five dollar a month one, you you have opportunities for the raffle for autograph memorabilia and and all these different things. And, and the more you put in, um, the more you you, you kind of get out of it. There's you know opportunities for merchandise and you know success with honor apparel and all this other stuff. I think that's all fantastic. I do find it maybe I'm just poor, but I thought it was funny that the popular item is two hundred and fifty dollars a month. Like. I don't have that much money. In fact, I like put $250 a month into like my IRA separately. Like I don't, I don't even have, you know, I think that was hilarious to me when I saw that was the most popular one. I was like, who, who, who is, who is is this for? Because obviously not for me right now.
1: (laughs) Well, maybe that's what they want to be the popular one. (laughs) Um, And, you know, a lot of this is going to be used by small businesses, too. I think all across the state, all across the state, all across the country, because you could be um, in direct contact with some of the athletes. Uh, You could get meet and greet sessions with them. Um, So if where I live in Scranton, if a car dealership wants to have, you know, Sean Clifford or whoever uh, do a commercial with them, well, this is a great way for them to connect. And then, and uh, to be able to make uh, more money for the at for the student athlete.
0: So you're telling me for $500 a month, I can get RBY to come do KY jelly wrestling with me in my living room.
1: If he's willing, if he's a willing participant, I think so. I think that's the way this works.
0: So okay, you're my boy, Blue. That's I mean. I just think it's I think it's a good idea. I just think it's almost hilarious the way. And maybe again, maybe I'm just poor. But maybe maybe I'm just thinking too small term because in the grand scheme of things, the dollar doesn't make much sense. But okay, even a five. There isn't even a five dollar one. I know there's a ten dollar one, and maybe that's splitting hairs. But I feel like you get five dollars a month out of people. the The basic student, at, you know, the student at Penn State might donate five bucks a month towards that. You know, I agree. Yeah. But that's just me. I, who knows? And maybe I would do the five bucks a month for free. I don't even need anything. I don't care. I don't need you know opportunities for all that other stuff. But I do think it's a good idea. I'm curious to see how... I wish I could know the conversation that are going on between the players and the coaches during these things. Because you want to find a way to get these players the money. But also, like stuff like that, you got to be careful. I remember, when I, and this comes up a lot, but when I was the president of Nittanyville... Penn State has their corporate sponsors, and you, you've got to use the corporate sponsors. The thing is, a lot of companies would try to backdoor their way into sponsorship through us. Like, oh, let us work with you. And then they would kind of like make it seem like they were a Penn State sponsor when they weren't really shelling out the money to be a Penn State sponsor. So I'm curious how that's dealt with because you could technically have, you know, if I'm a corporate sponsor, if I'm Pepsi. Why the hell is the car ever, you know, the car place getting all of the players and I'm not? So how do those conversations happen and who – someone's not going to be happy as far as the proper representation for whatever amount of money they're putting in. So I'm curious to see where that power struggle kind of ends up.
1: Yeah, and that's the whole thing with NIL, which I think fundamentally is a great idea. But there are a lot of unintended consequences to NIL. And right now it's – there's – almost zero regulation like you said there is some like the the school itself can't be at all in, uh, involved with this um but then i'm sure there's pressure to alums maybe from people within penn state to you know kind of get this started and I don't know how you could do that in a legal way. If you could do it all in a legal way, to just say, "Hey, Levar Arrington, um, kickstart this." You know, can James Franklin say that directly? Does he have to talk through the media? I really don't know. Um, and there's so many unanswered unanswered questions right now, uh, just regarding everything going on with NIL.
0: All he has to say is. There are avenues out there to help the student-athletes if you guys are interested in such things.
1: I think that's fair and legal. Right. That's what he could say to recruits, especially.
0: Right. And and, Bono, I don't think that's enough to recruits. And I'm not saying you said that, but I don't think that's nearly enough to recruits. I think... And I don't think Penn State's there yet. I think Penn State has to get to the point where they have the same way they break down everything else in such detail. And I know Franklin's going to get there because Franklin is a tedious son of a bitch. I mean, he will break down every single part of the recruits' diet if that means he can get that kid on campus. I mean, he will go and sit and watch kindergarten, you know, little brothers' games of soccer where it's just clump ball and they just kick it and run in a little mosh pit. Like, he will do whatever it takes to get somebody. So they'll figure this out. But they need a... They need to basically come to these kids' houses with a portfolio and say, look, you got great teeth. We got five dentistries. We think you'd be a fantastic person for this. You'd be a great spokesman for this. Look, you got fantastic, you know, you got big feet. You're an offensive lineman. You're going to go and, you know, we've got things hooked up for you here. Dude, you'd love to eat. You know, the field is the best place. We, we're we're, we're going to hook you up with your own personal burger. Like, you— you got to go in with different ways, different avenues to do things. And, and I, and I think that's something that has to be more proactive because that's going to be the expectation moving forward. And it's going to be weird because you're almost becoming their agent because you're going to have to come into these things and you have to basically make them all seem like they're the next best thing because someone somewhere is telling them that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, You have to be able and. Like you said, the one thing with James Franklin, almost to a fault, is he's very detail-oriented. And he's going to find out like which, how to do this. Um, I, but su- the success with Honor is exactly the step forward that, this, that, that we needed with NIL. Because up until then, th- there, there really wasn't much going on. You would see some sponsorships here and there. Um, with, uh, you know, local burger places and state college. Um, but, and, um, I think that, that there's a few athletes that were involved with, um uh, with Twitch video game streams. Um, but it was, it wasn't what, uh, I know Bryce Young had a, had a six figure, um, endorsement deal before he even stepped on the field last year. And I just don't think those opportunities were there for any of our guys last year.
0: Right. I mean, DJ Ula had a Dr. Pepper deal that I don't know what the exact number was, but that was a, that was a big one too. And, and, and then it's the, the balance too, right? Like, okay, now you are shelling out this money. How do you balance a success with honor thing? Like coach, I'm going to be 15 minutes late because I got to go throw darts with some dude from Port Matilda. I'll be back. Like, right. how do you balance those, you know, those two things? Obviously that's a, very much hyperbole, but I mean that's gonna still be something. Like even if it's like uh, you know, you need they track these players' sleep. Like a lot of the, I think that's a volunteer thing. If you want it done, you don't have to get it done. But people wear sleep monitors when they go to. So literally the science behind them sleeping and how are they sleeping? Like hey, why are you up until one in the morning? Oh, well, I was doing all these cameos because I have you know twenty five people that want me to say happy birthday to them. Like. How do you balance all of that? And how do you stay on top of that? And is it, maybe it's more of a captain thing. Maybe it's a self-ownership thing. But some guys are going to be like, look, like, we've already lost five games this year. I'm going to do everything to make as much money as possible. I don't care if I'm half-assed in during practice. i got to be able to run in this commercial in two weeks. I'm not getting hurt. I mean, that's just, that's just going to be the nature of the beast. And I, I'm excited to see how it all goes down. I, I don't think it's going to go great all the time. I think there's going to be a lot of mishaps along the way.
1: Yeah, there's going to be a lot of growing pains um, and being able to figure all this out because I, I, I think there's a lot of the unintended consequences. Some of them you don't even know until they happen. Like you said, if players start running late or if players get too wrapped up in the NIL stuff, we have to remember, these guys are kids. They're in between 18 and 23 years old. Uh, some of them a little older now with the extra COVID year. But They are young guys. Some of them, you know, didn't grow up with much money. Um, And now they have all this money being thrown at them, uh, potentially. So being able, it's just one more thing to have to balance uh, along with school, along with uh, your social life, and along with football.
0: Yeah. I mean, it almost makes you think you almost have to enroll early to to get it all figured out because – I mean, just think about all the students and how they, you know, take multiple semesters to adapt to being, you know, away from their parents for the first time. And now you throw all this additional things on top of them. It's it's not an easy thing to do. Um, I think that's an important part of the finance, you know, financial responsibility of the whole thing. Maybe it will make their transition easier to the NFL, but it's definitely going to make it more difficult up front, which most of them aren't going to the NFL anyway, so.
1: That's true. What do they say? Ninety-five percent of NCAA athletes go pr- go pro in something other than sports, right? Yeah,
0: NCAA just killing it with so many great commercials lately. Like, just I mean, the NCAA PR team is <laughs> second to none. Um, okay. I'm curious to see where it all goes, Sean. Um, I don't think I'm going to donate just yet. Um, I don't know if you've have you jumped on the subscriber bandwagon for Success with Honor? I have. <laughs> okay. Well, I we have. won't it's ask the you to. The- ten, ten buck option. You got the ten buck option, so can we? We're gonna read off what Sean gets here for his ten dollars, and and good job, Sean. I mean, so the next commit, by the way, is because of Sean Kane, everybody. So, <laughs> that's right. Um, have what have they? Can you share what they emailed you and what they said? Did they say
1: thank you or or? Yes, I got a welcome email. Uh, let me hold on. I'm gonna go through my inbox now. Okay, you're a busy man, so you it might take a second. Oh <laughs> yeah. Okay, so I got the um, success with honor, thank the thank you for your order, and then I got to click here to download your thank you letter. Nice. Uh, bear with me. All right, do you want to hear the thank you letter?
0: Is it really long? No. Then
1: yes. All right. Uh, Dear Sean, thank you for your commitment to the Penn State student-athletes. Um, this letter acknowledges your receipt of your monthly subscription of March 24, 2022 of your money will go to create off-the-field opportunities for football student-athletes to build their resumes, grow their brands, and amplify their influence to make a greater impact in the state college community and beyond. And then there's there's contact information. Awesome.
0: Is that tax deductible?
1: I have no idea.
0: (laughs) I bet it is. Would be my guess.
1: I bet it is, yeah, because I think it's... Probably charity, right?
0: Yeah, I would consider it charity. Um, this podcast is tax deductible. So, um, Sean, with your ten dollars a month, you're getting exclusive student athlete interviews and content. Um, I'm curious, did they send you a link to that, or are they just going to email
1: that stuff to you guys? I didn't get that yet. Um, but I, you have like a login to do that? I don't. I'm curious. No, no, they didn't give me any kind of login. I just kind of did it, and then they emailed me that letter, and that's been about it i believe
0: we're gonna we're gonna check in we're gonna have a success with honor check-in every week until they yell at us for not being confident or if that's against the rules i don't know but and not necessarily telling you like what you don't need to tell us what the content is but just how often they're communicating
1: with you and i'm just curious yeah that looks like my only that looks like my only email from them
0: okay so we'll have to keep an eye on that see how many opportunities you have You have access to exclusive supporter events. So I see there's a plus one for that. Maybe we can get a little boozy with David Taylor. I don't know. Um, Would love to see, you know, have LeVar Leap, you know, jump right into me. You have access to student athlete meet and greet sessions. So that's pretty cool. Um, You know, we'll see how often you get those opportunities. And then raffle entry for autographs and memorabilia. So um, be curious to see, Sean, how often those opportunities come up. I'm assuming... Early on, it's going to be a little bit, but they got a bunch of subscribers right off the bat. So people, at least I saw from the Twitter community, were very positive about this. People were like, hell yeah. Um, and I guess the day, hey, the $250 a month option is the popular one, or as my mic fails, um, is at least potentially the the one they want to be popular. I think that's a good way to put it. So, um Cool, Sean. I'm glad you did it. Thank you for uh, making Penn State's basketball team or Penn State athletics team uh, better. And uh, did you choose? Did you choose certain sports?
1: Yeah, that's what you have to do. So you do. You get to the screen, and it says, "Where do you want your money to go?" I picked football. Um, I would have liked to pick basketball too, um, but it doesn't look like I could split it up like five dollars, five dollars. So I just went with football.
0: I'm curious if you did a higher donation if they give you more options
1: they might they might yeah they might not want but but like you said they should have just a strict five dollar option because i think you would get some students on board with it
0: success with honor if you're listening give me a five dollar option send it to hardcore penn state football specifically and i will i will sign up right away so i honestly probably end up doing the ten dollar option eventually but not yet I want to see. I want to see how much Sean is invited to do special things and is secretly. It took me a while to just. It takes me a while to do anything. I kind of like this. If the new restaurant opens up in town, I don't go right away. You know what I mean. I, I want. I want to see kind of how uh, how things all. You know, even Disney Plus was a really popular thing, and you know, uh, Mandalorian had come out and it was oh oh Disney Plus Disney Plus didn't get it for like another ten months to a year. So, um it took. Yeah, I, I, I maybe it was eight months, but it, it was a little bit. It was a little bit, and everyone is talking about all this, you know, Star Wars and stuff, and um, I guess you'll be talking about all the cool content you'll be receiving and drinking beers with um, Todd Blackledge. You know what? If they let me do a um, Taste of the Town with, with Blackledge, I would give them $250 straight up. <laughs> just
1: saying. Would it just be a one-time thing or would it be a monthly thing?
0: I would do a two hundred fifty I would do two fifty a month to do it monthly. If I could do it monthly with him easily. <laughs>
1: that would be awesome, honestly.
0: Yeah, that'd be fantastic. Just go have a couple beers, eat some awesome food with Blackledge every month, like a date? Set me up. I would I would do that in a heartbeat. Um I don't know if that's probably not gonna be an option anytime soon, but if it was, I'd be I have a big idea, guys, Sean. So I mean I could come up with a lot of different ways, um, if they're looking for more, you know, what people would want. There's a lot of things I want. There's a lot of things that I think people want and not necessarily going to make those things happen, but I can brainstorm. I can brainstorm with the best of them.
1: Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I think it would no. be enticing.
0: But yeah, anyway, I'm I'm excited to see how that continues to grow. Isn't there another one? I thought there was a second one doing something similar. I don't know if that's off the ground yet. I thought I heard rumblings and bumblings of it, but I don't even know what the name is.
1: I haven't heard of it, but I'm sure there's going to be more stuff. I mean, I don't think and I don't think it'd be, you know, a smart idea for this to be our one and only thing. And that's one of the good things about it being decentralized and not having the university control it, because I could definitely see the university only having one. Where you could have, you know, maybe this is Levar and Blackledge. Maybe you could have Kerry Collins and Saquon do another one. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, and I think people know different people too. Like, I mean, right. You got a lot of people know a lot of things. So, the more people you can get involved, the better. And, um, yeah, I'm curious to see how it all ends up. I, I'm skeptical. I'm a little skeptical. I'm be honest with you. I don't like, I don't like blindly trusting new things like this especially since I know a lot of those people that are on that advisory board are very busy people and dropping their names like that is like, Oh yeah. Awesome. But I'm going to be honest with you. It it makes me a little nervous because how often are those people really going to be involved in the process? Like is Lisa Salters really going to have the time to be advising every week on something? I don't know. And I maybe, I mean, I think they'll be there for the athletes a bunch, I would hope, but I don't know the, in the grand scheme of things, how that's going to translate, but you know, you got to start somewhere. So,
1: yeah. And that's the whole thing. It's just the first step. It's just the first step forward. And this is as ground level as it can get. They, they, they just launched this past week. Um, but it's good to see us in the game now, instead of, um, I mean, right, we're still playing catch up, but instead of just kind of lead it, leaving the uh, athletes out to kind of fend for themselves and find their own deals as it seemed to be like that uh, until this past week. So we'll see how they could connect better, how they could connect the athletes better with uh, opportunities.
0: Yeah. And I agree with that. And I think any way, to put less of that pressure of finding deals off of the athletes and, and giving it to somebody else, I think is huge. I think that's much better for them. So I agree 100% with that point. Um, I, yeah, I'm curious to see how it kind of ends up, and I'm excited for them too. I'm excited to see, you know. At the end of the day, Penn State, this isn't going to fix the issue as far as Penn State money. They're going to still have to have, you know, they're still going to have to have more 500000 to $2 million a year donors. That's just the nature of the beast.
1: Yeah, and this is only – I totally agree with the money. This is only one aspect. NIL is only one part of what we need. Um, but it's its a big part, in, especially in recruiting, and not only recruiting but keeping our guys at Penn State.
0: That's a big part, and that's going to become more of a big part. As if the transfer portal wasn't enough, if you didn't like your coach, you could leave. Now you could just say, I like you guys all, but I'm going to get another million dollars if I go somewhere else. So see ya. That's not easy. And I don't know how much that's going to change based off of what success with honor is going to do. But I think it could make it a little bit better, could keep some guys on. So, yeah, I'm excited to see where it goes. But it's a, it's a, I mean, could you imagine 15 years ago trying to explain the college football landscape to somebody? Like what it's going to be? I mean, it just completely turned on its head. It's a completely different world than it was 15, 20 years ago.
1: Yeah. Um, even in style of play in the Big Ten, um, that I remember hearing um, about kind of a different subject, that the spread offense would never work in the Big Ten. Well, everybody now runs a variation the spread offense except Iowa and Wisconsin. So right. just everything fundamentally has changed uh, all around college football.
0: Yep, and it's not going back anytime soon, so... Well, Sean, I I think that's all we have today. We went for a little little longer than usual, but I think there's a lot of good stuff to talk about. We said it was going to have a lot of stuff in the episode. I don't think we necessarily fleshed every little possible idea out. Um, But we'll be back next week. Let's just go ahead and say we'll talk specifically defensive line and, I don't know, you just want to say receiver slash tight ends next week?
1: That sounds good to me.
0: Okay, well, let's put that in pencil.
1: And we will be back next week.
0: Congratulations one month anniversary Sean, on the show. We did it.
1: Thank you. Thank you. yeah. It's been fun. I've, I've loved doing it.
0: All right well, for Sean Kane, I'm Corey Lesstogie. Hey guys we're on Spotify again. So make sure you're listening subbed on Spotify. We're back on there. Also on Apple and everywhere else you listen to podcasts. Make sure you are sub. Like thumbs up, whatever. make sure you rate or you know rank whatever the hell you can do do it. And uh, we'll see you next week. Bye everybody also wanted to add that the trivia question for you the answer 1986 first ever outback bowl between georgia and boston college
1: and i believe georgia got the win. so with that being said catch y'all next time